Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Network Asia. This episode is brought to you by Podmetrics. Podmetrics is a podcast analytics platform that enables podcasters to see all the relevant data they need to know about their podcast's audience. Sign up now at podmetrics.co and use the referral code RESTING2XPOD. Again, the code RESTING2XPOD. What's going on? This is Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Austin Creed. I said give me a hell yeah! Hey, this is Zeta Zane. Hey, everyone. This is Jeff Cobb. Hello, WWE Universe in the Philippines. This is Charlotte. Talent is not sexually transmitted. Hey, this is TJP, the Phil and Flash, and you are listening to the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. You are listening to the longest-running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Stan C, Romaran, and Chino Liao bringing you this week's exclusive audio-only episode. And our guest is the founder of Malaysian Pro Wrestling. He is also the founder of APAC Wrestling. We'll talk all about that as well as how that came together. The Prophet of Pain, Staukat, joins us again here on the show. And we really learned a lot from the business side of things, especially with how he really pushed for pro wrestling to get recognized as a sport in Malaysia. Apparently, uh, ang daming implications pala nun. So that was really surprising to me. Well, it's a different side of Shaukat, right? The last time we had him on, he talked about Shaukat the wrestler. And now we get to talk to Shaukat the booker, I guess, and Shaukat the business person. Yeah, I like hearing all about the business stuff. So a lot of clippable clips, uh, quotable quotes on this interview. If you're interested in you know, coming up with your own uh, wrestling promotion, this is the interview for you. But if you're also interested in Southeast Asian wrestling, then this should get you excited. For sure. So that interview is coming up in a few minutes. Before that, though, we got to remind you that if you want to support the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast, we've already got a couple of ways for you to do that. So for starters, 11.11 is coming up. If you want to support us through your shopping, then you can do that via our Lazada affiliate link. So just type tinyurl.com slash wrestling wrestling x Lazada. Again, that's tinyurl.com slash wrestling wrestling X Lazada. Click that to go to the site or to the app, and every successful checkout and every purchase delivered to your doorstep gives us and Podcast Network Asia a very small commission to keep the lights on. And we've also launched our Patreon program as of last week, so go check that out as well. Patreon.com slash wrestling wrestling podcast. You've got the different tiers lined up over there, and you know. We'd really appreciate you supporting us because we've been doing the podcast for a while and we realize that we've grown a community as well. And we want you to be part of that exclusive fan community that we're bringing over on our Patreon program. So again, check that out. If you want to be a patron, that's patreon.com slash wrestling wrestling podcast. All right. 
time for us to learn more about the business side of things, especially in the Southeast Asian region when it comes to the wrestling industry. Here's our interview with the Prophet of Pain, Shaukat. Our first audio-only episode for the month of November features another returning guest, and he's somebody who's been making waves in the region, especially with that big announcement of APAC Wrestling. We're here to talk about that. We're here to catch up with him and with my PW as well, and so much more. Please welcome the Prophet of Pain, Shaukat. How's it going, brother? Hey guys, thank you once again for having me on the show. Uh, it's a pleasure and it's an honor for me to be here to talk with you guys today. Uh, what, what's been new since, I mean, aside from APAC Wrestling, like how's it been in Malaysia with uh, the pandemic going on, with the lockdown and everything just coming to a halt? I think it sucks because the pandemic is getting worse. Like um, when, it, when it first started, everything was actually, it was okay. I mean, um, the count wasn't as high and um, everyone was listening to the instructions. Everyone was staying home, social distancing, so on and so forth. Recently, as of late, we've been getting thousands by the day. Uh, it's not a good thing, and it's very, very worrying, especially with me having my family with me at home. And I have to travel all the time to go out and meet people for work and stuff. So it's very, very worrying, but um, I just try my best to stay safe, sanitize, shower whenever I can, and hopefully all is okay. Have you guys been able to get back in the ring since uh, since the world shut down, basically? Since I do have um, the APEC Wrestling Studio, and it's only about like, 10 minutes drive away from my home. I would usually just drive there whenever I want to <laughs> and train on my own, just doing rolls, drills, and um, shadow wrestling. It's a very underutilized exercise by pro wrestlers. Um, shadow wrestling, I mean, it's how you try to emphasize and exaggerate movements. And it's very, very helpful with the stamina as well. So that's what I've been doing wrestling sense uh, for the past few weeks. Yeah, so how, how's training like then in the time of the pandemic? How do you guys do it over there? Unfortunately, um, we are not able to hold trainings just of yet ever since the pandemic started. Several times, I mean, like we've tried to resume training, but every time when we try to resume training, the government always comes up with new stuff. Like you cannot have physical contact, like you can only have like four or five people in one space at one time. So in the end, we decided to, you know what, let's just sit this out and just wait until everything is over and then we will start training is there a fear that the guys and the girls who've been working with you guys will have ring rust or will eventually just be out of shape? I mean, we're recording this in late October and, you know, the world stopped in March. So is there that fear that the ring rust will settle in? Uh, that's most definitely. I mean, like, um, for example, like uh, a lot of my boys and girls, the last they trained and performed was all the way back in February, I think. And um, yeah, it's all the way back in February. And ever since then, Nobody trained whatsoever in sense of wrestling. Everyone was just doing whatever they can to stay in shape, um, cardio-wise, and try to get in shape. But um, that's the best that we can do. And it's very, very worrying because ring rust is a real thing. Even me, myself, I feel it. Because like when I run the ropes, it hurts my back like crazy getting whipped with the steel cables and stuff. And uh, it's supposed to be something that we are used to. But right now, taking bombs and just running the ropes, it takes time to get to get used to that again. You're actually one of the luckier ones since you mentioned that you live near the APAC wrestling studio. The ring is there, so you have access to that. But I would say that Malaysia has been relatively lucky as well during during this crazy time because wasn't it uh, a few months ago when the news came out that pro wrestling was recognized as a sport by the government? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sucks big time because it just took out the thunder and the momentum out of our efforts to you know push wrestling as a sport. Because like at that point, I was trying to introduce uh, competitive wrestling 
and the government believed that it could work. But unfortunately, due to it being sports, um, there's no physical contact allowed, especially when it comes to wrestling or even MMA, so on and so forth. When it comes to that side of wrestling, of my side, uh, it's pretty much stopped at a big end for the time being. So that's the reason why, because I'm the kind of guy who, if I sit home, I cannot just sit and do nothing. I'm the kind of guy who needs to be productive as I can. Uh, it, it really helps with my mental health as well to have a goal and pursue it. So that's one of the main reasons why, how Impact Wrestling was born. I'm curious and I kind of want to stay on the point of the government in Malaysia recognizing pro wrestling as a sport. How did that come together and how were you able to get that support from the government? All right, so basically, it first started out with the idea of trying to get sponsors from government because they do have um, the pool of funds to help uh, sports entities in this country. So it all started out with funding, nothing more than that. But um, we tried applying uh, to register pressing sports all the way back in 2014 itself when Mark W first started. Wow. But um, each and every single year, we get rejected, rejected, rejected. Obviously, because, you know, everyone looks wrestling as, you know, it's sports entertainment. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it just so happens that um, because we never gave up, we just kept on pushing forward. We just kept applying over and over again. We tried to get uh, support letters from different politicians so on and so forth. Uh, it didn't really help. But what really helped was when the Commissioner of Sports, when I met her personally, she told me that when she was doing her internship of sports science management in the United States, she was actually an intern for the WWE. <laughs> All right. So, wow. <laughs> so um, such a small world. Um, she she didn't really watch wrestling or she didn't enjoy watching wrestling so on and so forth. But the fact that she was an intern there, taking care of things such as making sure that the padded and uh, the padding is properly taped up, making sure that the distance between the, the barricade and the ring is sufficient. There's basically a regulation that is set by WWE when it comes to safety. So that itself tells how important it is to regulate person to sports because it is very, very risky. It's very dangerous. And so she agrees that, yes, the pro wrestling is sports entertainment. But if you look at it that way, yes, it can actually be considered a sport. So she was the one who decided to pin light and finally allow us to register pro wrestling to sports in Malaysia. For those who don't know, though, what does the recognition from the government specifically entail for not just MyPW, but also APAC? So what, what does it mean for the companies? So basically, once you are registered as a professional wrestling society in, uh, sorry, it's not society, it's a pro wrestling association in Malaysia. Right. What happens is you have the power to help the pro wrestling industry grow because basically you will be given a certain amount of fund and this funds it's not to be used for just one company or not just to be used for certain events, but it is used as a whole to grow pro wrestling as a sport in Malaysia. So the main reason why this whole association is set up and given the green light to operate, it's mainly to help grow the sports in Malaysia. So I think it's a good thing because like, for example, if you are a pro wrestler and you're considered to be an athlete, yeah, and we're able to use world-class facilities that they have at the uh, training center. Yeah, I think I've posted a photo on Instagram once, and you can see the gym is like super huge, and that's just the gym. They have like a full-fledged uh, rehab center, uh, performance center, so on and so forth. So like, um, this is opening doors for wrestlers to you know craft their form as much as they can with technology. All right. So this is open for athletes regardless of any sport. Uh, is that what you're saying? Like the gym. 
Yes, uh, you basically have to be a registered athlete under a registered sport simulation. Wow. So now that you guys are recognized as a sport, that means that all of the pro wrestlers in Malaysia can theoretically register and get that recognition. Yep, that's true. And those benefits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damn, that, that's a big deal. That's yeah. actually a big win. I, I would like to believe so, but unfortunately, I mean, due to the pandemic, yeah, of course, everything, everything is put on halt. But I cannot wait until everything gets, you know, the whole thing blows over. We can finally utilize what what we can. What's the end game though? Like with trying to get wrestling certified as a sport, getting that recognition, is the end game to really get one Malaysian-born pro wrestler in the WWE or to legitimize the companies, legitimize the industry in the eyes of potential sponsors? What's the end game? I think one of my main goals, registering pro wrestling sports in Malaysia and the association as a whole, is mainly just to grow the industry in Malaysia because I do believe everything begins with a growing industry. If somebody gets to WWE, that's good. If somebody, you know, like so happens, the company gets sponsors, that's good. But at the end, I have to look at it in a sense where we want progressing to grow. In a sense where, let's say, for example, if some of my students, they want to open their own schools, they want to open their own training centers and promotions, go ahead because um, we will be fully fed to support you. That's how other sports grow. Like, for example, you know, like Muay Thai, it has like thousands of gyms and, and companies, promoting companies in Malaysia. But yet, all of them still get supported by the government. Why? Because it's a thriving sport. So this is what I'm aiming for first in Malaysia as well. Make it as mainstream as, as, and as widespread as possible. Right. I have, a, I have another question, bro. Uh, you mentioned earlier that you were looking to have the sport recognized as competitive wrestling. You mentioned competitive wrestling. What does that mean exactly? And is it any different from what we're trying to do? All right, so basically, I think because I already announced this a long time ago, and I'm supposed to reveal so on and so forth as the date comes closer. But I think um, due to the uh, restrictions of the pandemic, so on and so forth, I think it's safe for me to share more with you guys now. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, like, competitive uh, pro wrestling is basically something that I had to create to legitimize wrestling sports because in the eyes of the constitution of the sports association um, registrar in Malaysia. You have to have basically something which uh, can clearly determine a winner and loser for it to be considered as a sport. So this was the toughest part because, you know, as we all know how wrestling, it's pretty determined so on and so forth. But um, I sat down and I spoke to some of the legends in the industry, get that input, get that input because I didn't want to step on any toes. I didn't want to offend anyone. So we came up with something where... Uh, it's basically in the same league as cheerleading, as gymnastic. Oh, as, okay, um, I get you. Yes, yeah, so basically it's a bunch of guys performing their hearts out and we'll have veterans who will judge your matches. Right, okay. Right. <laughs> that <laughs> so makes sense. Put, uh, the cat is out of the bag. I think everybody knows this now. Um, to, I think I, this is the first time I ever rebuilt it on anywhere. But yeah, that's the plan moving forward when it comes to competitive wrestling. But it will be separate altogether from any promotions or any storylines. It's just mainly focusing on the art of wrestling. Okay. Okay. So the way it uh, comes across to me is that these are exhibition matches that are evaluated by the vets in the back. Uh, am I getting it right? Yep, that's true. So it's like MMA, if you don't knock out anyone or you know make them submit, you just go to judge's decision and see who wins. <laughs> 
Yes, so it's like um, it's basically there is some um, individuals and there's some um, team category. So in team category, you join with your friend. So you are judged based on a match. But if it's okay. a, if it's an individual category, you join uh, individually. You get paired up with um, random people and you put on a match. So you'll be judged individually. How do you work as a face? How do you work as a heel? So on and so forth. So it's Damn. very interesting. It's yeah. very very interesting how the judges have come up with the scorecards. I cannot reveal who they are yet, but um, once it's set in stone, once you're ready to go, then um, I'll be very glad to announce who they are. So it's, it seems to me that the goal for this entire um, organization is to sort of differentiate wrestling as a whole in Malaysia. So are we going to see established wrestlers as part of your lineup, or are these going to be new guys you've been training? Like, what is the level, what is the caliber of a wrestler that we see on this new promotion? So, basically, I wouldn't say it's a promotion. It's more of a, it's more of an event, a right. sporting event organized by the association. Right. So, um, whoever, like, um, based on what we discussed earlier on, anybody can join this competition. It all depends on whether they're willing or not to be judged by the vets because you know how some wrestlers have their ego um like you know who are you to judge me <laughs> but even even if it's vets judging i do understand that some people have their egos and they do not want to be judged because like you know sport uh pro wrestling is subjective uh art is subjective so on and so forth so but it's open to everyone no matter how experienced you are no matter how new you are to come and try out and as long as you follow the rules, then it's cool. This idea of competitive wrestling, this is entirely different from APAC wrestling, right? This is it's completely different than APAC wrestling. APAC wrestling is just your another it's just another wrestling promotion. Competitive wrestling is basically our way to try to make pro wrestling competitive. <laughs> right, right. And with this question that I'm going to bring forward, you can choose not to answer it. But I saw a friend of ours, common friend of ours, Papi Zap, one of the bigger comedians in Malaysia, post a picture of the ring. So can we expect more celebrities to be a part of this organization? I do believe that one, I think uh, one of the things that is important in pro wrestling is having mainstream celebrities involved. Because at the end of the day, um, all of us are considered to be you know, unknowns yet to the mainstream audience. So if you want to reach out to more audience, a wider audience, we have to be willing to, you know, bring in more names to help pull in more people to watch. Uh, some purists might complain and say that um, it's it's a uh, it's watering down for wrestling or it's not right. But at the end of the day, they have to understand that we are looking at it in a business sense where we want to reach out as much as we can. Right. Before we dive into how APAC Wrestling came to be and how it currently is, let's hear a quick word from our podcasts. Hi, I'm RJ Ledesma. Get inside the heads of the country's sharpest and most innovative business personalities and entrepreneurs. Hack your way to success as you learn more about how they think about business. What are their best practices and success secrets? How do they innovate their businesses during the pandemic? And what opportunities do they see in the new normal? Join me on the Arzila Desma podcast. So let's transition to APAC Wrestling then because that really made a lot of noise when, when the announcement came out. I personally was impressed by how 
uh, neatly packaged the promo video was and how sleek the studio looked. So how did that all come together? And how are you able to put a company up in the middle of a pandemic? <laughs> this is also probably the first time that I'm, I'll be sharing this story because nobody asked me before. Aren't you glad we asked? <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> it's like, uh, I do believe that if you don't ask, then you won't know. Because right. I'm making a lot of assumptions, but nobody has been asking me like directly in my face. So this is a very good question, and we'll take time to answer this. So basically, Apex Wrestling was born in the midst of um, the pandemic, where I just kept asking myself. So whatever I said in the promo is basically things that were true to the, from the heart. It wasn't um, scripted. It actually took me only two takes to do that whole thing, uh, the whole promo thing. So I was speaking from my heart, actually. I've always been the kind of person who believe that in life, you have to always progress and go climb the steps in life to get to where you want to be. And where I want to be is the highest point that I can be in life. So I've asked myself this question, like, you know what? Uh, so yes, six years ago, I created a platform formulations to make a name for themselves in pro wrestling, uh, which is my BW. It's a training school and a school promotion where they get to train in the arts of pro wrestling and then they get to harness the craft and, you know, like uh, have practical experience working the craft. And then I asked myself, like, how do I step up further? And and then I suddenly remembered the dreaded AWE back then all in the days. <laughs> But I was gonna uh, ask you about that. <laughs> <laughs> but the um, only difference this time around is it's all me this time. There's no middleman. There's no um, con man. No scammer. No swindler in between. <laughs> no British investor. <laughs> no, no British investor. It's just me, hundred percent. So um, what happened was I thought like you know what it'll be. It wasn't a bad idea. It was just that it was backed by someone who was catchy. So I thought, why not let's start that all over again? Because since I've already been able to get a platform done for relations, let's try to grow this, scale this up a bit. So that's when APEC Wrestling was born, um, Asia Pacific Wrestling. What I did is, is something very, very uh, personal, but I, I'm willing to share this right now. That I don't believe in gambling, but I believe in taking risk, calculated risk. So I do know that there's a market for wrestling in Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. And I do know that... MMA is a very niche sport. So 1FC is one of the top 10 um, sports in the world. Yeah. So if they can do it, why not any of us in pro wrestling? If MMA can do it, why not pro wrestling? That was a thought that I, that kept, that I kept asking myself. So what I did was I actually, um, I have a land that is under my name. This is basically the last asset that I have. And uh, I sold off two acres of my land. And what I did with the money was basically uh, try to pull in more investors. Because you know what? From what I learned in business during the pandemic, because uh, I've been taking business courses as well during the pandemic, from what I've learned is that if investors don't see you willing to invest on your own first, like you have something upfront first, they're not going to give you the support 100%. Because, you know, if you really believe in your product, then you must be willing to give it out yourself. Right. So that was when I started seeing everyone around and just kept getting declined, 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 declined. And you know what? I figured out, like, you know, uh, one of these businessmen, he asked me, he said, like, you know what, Shafat, I like your idea and I like your passion, but can you guarantee me if I invest in your company and if you make losses, 
how can you get back what I've already invested for you? So that was when I decided to um, actually pawn off the rest of my entire land. And I gave him the, the grant to it, of the land, to you hold this, invest in my business together with me. And after a few years, if you don't make money, if you're not able to grow, take it. <laughs> yeah, so basically that was what I did. And that's, that was how I set up APEC Wrestling. It's a struggle. It's, it's crazy. Uh, I get people, my family especially, you know, like they're, they're mad at me. They've been screaming at my ears left and right. Because, you I know, can I, imagine, yeah. Are you crazy? You know, like um, like um, when I set up my PW, it was my honeymoon money. And then now I'm selling my lands for APEC Wrestling. It's something that I'm very, pro wrestling is something that I'm very, very passionate about, something that I strongly believe in. And this time around with the knowledge that I brought in from the business side of pro wrestling, and guidance from all the vets that I've trained with throughout the pandemic, I do believe that I'd be able to make a difference. So you you say that APAC Wrestling is your own project, and that's entirely different, entirely separate from Malaysian Pro Wrestling or MyPW. Yes, that's correct. So will there be other crossovers? Like, will there be MyPW guys getting involved, whether in the office or in the ring? Is that uh, a possibility? Or what does the landscape, I guess, of the roster look like? So one of the main reasons I created Impact Wrestling as well is to create an ecosystem. Because as you guys know, um, in order for us to grow an industry, there needs to be an industry. So a lot of these guys, they come in and they train pro wrestling and they end up you know, <laughs> just wrestling for the shows. Sometimes they get free food. Sometimes they get token. But that's just about it. I mean, there's no career after pro wrestling, after training in pro wrestling. How are we supposed to grow an industry if we stick to that model for quite some time? You know, because like at the end of the day, we have to give them something in order for them to want to learn and get better and train and be better in the ring, get better shape in a gym, and then. Uh, train their charisma, go for online seminars. Like we have to give them a reason to be that passionate because yeah. passion alone will not bring you far. Unfortunately, that's a, that's the cold, sad truth because in the end of the day, you want the passion to bring you some sort of money so you can survive and sustain. So pro wrestling in the independent level, I do believe it's all about the pro wrestlers investing in money. We have to pay to train. We have to pay to get our gears done. It's super expensive. It's not cheap to buy supplements. It's not cheap to eat clean. Uh, it's not cheap to subscribe to a gym. You're investing a lot. But what do you get out of it? Handshake and a hot dog. <laughs> so um, the reason why I created Impact Wrestling is to create an industry where, you know what? Once you finish training in pro wrestling, in my PW, come over to Impact Wrestling, get a job. We can hire you. I actually pay them salary for, you know, like when you wrestle, I pay you salary. When you help me with backstage stuff, like producing, um, you get paid. So basically, I'm creating an ecosystem where students of Malaysia Pro Wrestling, they have a place where they can get a job and look forward to growing. I have a question, though. Feel free to answer it however way you want. Why didn't you just, like, level up my PW as it already was. Why create an entirely new company in APAC wrestling? Is it because you wanted to give your students a really visible goal? Because you're already um, featuring international talent in my PW. You're already featuring guys from around the region. So so what's what's the difference here? 
what's the key difference here, if you will? That's a very, very, very good question. I love the question. Uh, so basically, um, <clears throat> my PW has always been a training school and school promotion. And being so, like I said, like uh, when you when you make shows in my PW, we don't pay our students. Why? Because we are providing them the platform to uh, to work a match in front of an audience. It's like, for example, if you train in classical music and then you have to do a recital in front of an audience to get rid of your stage fright, to be able to play seamlessly, but at the end you don't get paid for it because you're practical kind of um, training. So this brand has to be separate because I do believe that um, it's something that I would say it's a separate business model and a separate direction from MyPW altogether. And uh, if you guys don't know, MyPW is actually owned by three individuals. It's me and other investors. Uh, while Apex Wrestling is all on my own. So it's very difficult for me when our vision is not aligned. Right. And trying to pitch ideas and it's rejected when they do not want to spend the company money towards the direction where I want it to be. So I'm like, you know what? Um, I'm not going to burden you guys anymore. I'm going to open my own stuff. I'll be, you know, using all my money on that promotion so I don't have to burden you guys anymore. I'm just going to go there, industry, and let's work together. So, yeah. That's that's how it came okay. up to be. Okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. You mentioned uh, let's work together. So I know you already clarified this on social media, but just so we get it on the record and we set it straight, mm-hmm. this doesn't mean that you've severed your relationship with MyPW at all, right? Uh, definitely not. Uh, I'm still coaching in MyPW. I'm still a hip coach. Uh, I'm still teaching the kids. And then I'm also helping with the backstage stuff. The only thing that is going on right now is because of the pandemic and how my PW is an open space in a sports center, which does not allow us to do conduct activities or shows, Yeah, which is why we're stuck there. So the difference with APAC wrestling is that it's a, it's a web series. So in Malaysia, production is actually allowed. Like if your business is under a production license, mm-hmm. uh, you are allowed to shoot your content because it's considered to be an essential. It's entertainment for people during the pandemic. All right, so, fair. Yeah, That's so good. it's a different business model. So I have license to operate even during the pandemic uh, with Impact Wrestling. And I'm just going to wait until the entire virus thing cools down and they're allowed to train again. I'll start making new intakes. I'll train them again. I'll start doing more shows for them. I'm excited, honestly, because like I cannot actually believe that there's an ecosystem now where, you know, Guys can come in, can train, and then once they're ready, they have a place to go to and, you know, make some money for themselves. So, uh, you mentioned the webisode format. So, is this a one-cam setup, multi-cam setup type of show? And how long is each episode going to be? And how many matches or segments <laughs> can we expect per episode? All right. So, basically, for starters, we are trying to emulate a one-hour show. So, our shows go between 36 to 42 minutes. All right. Uh, and the segments is as much as we can fit in. Sometimes we have three matches, sometimes we have four matches, because there's also segments in between. So basically, uh, the model here is that every episode will be out on Sunday, the full episodes. And then, so basically the full episodes will be on a subscription basis, but we will release full matches on YouTube for free as the week goes by. So you get to watch uh, free content, uh, but on a delayed basis. Okay. How, uh, how can people subscribe and how much is a subscription? 
VM subscription price and plan and platform has not been announced yet. I think I have to wait on that. But it should be announced very, very soon, especially because um, it's dawning upon us, <laughs> the debut episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way I see it, I think your model for the episodes is similar to NWA Power then. Is that right? That's true. So uh, how many people are on the roster now? How many people are involved here? And you know, with the branding APAC Wrestling, I think it's safe to assume that you're going to be involving people from different countries within the region. Yep. So basically for Malaysians, uh, I have selected 10 so far. 10 guys, 2 girls so far. Uh, probably are these, are these uh, the people you brought in for Ubusan ng Lahi? Last year? <laughs> uh, some of them, yes. Some of them, no. Not everyone made the cut. <laughs> There's a lot of criteria that, that I look at when I'm selecting wrestlers for APEC wrestling. But to answer your question, yes. I'm waiting for this whole pandemic thing to go down. That's the only thing that is frustrating me right now because I cannot bring in my friends from all over the region. And I'm not talking about just uh, my neighbors like Singapore and Thailand. I'm so looking forward to bring guys down from uh, Philippines, from Australia, from Japan, basically everyone who is punched up in Asia Pacific, even China and India as well. Nice, nice. So in terms of judging, you mm-hmm. said the judging would be done by vets. Does that mean yourself? Does it mean other my PW guys who would be doing the judging in this sense? Wait, you know, okay. I have to clarify, uh, this judging is for the competitive wrestling that is separate from the- Yeah, so who's doing the oh. judging? Okay, so you're going that's back what then. that's my question. Who okay. is actually doing the judging? Okay. So um, uh, it will be by bets, not me, because uh, who am I to judge? <laughs> I'm still a baby in the wrestling industry. So it will be vets, about three of them, and names will be revealed as we get closer to it. Right. Okay, interesting. I want to talk about the logo real quick because uh, I personally had a markout moment knowing that the logo was designed by our very own Matt Del Rosario. So how did that come about? I love working with Matt because uh, I think I worked with him last year with my PW and he's very fast and uh, his ideas are very great and I love the amount of options he gave me for the ideas as well and for every option he did he actually uh, provided me with the meanings behind the logo and I love the effort he takes into a logo it's not just about designing something that looks pretty it needs to have meaning behind it and so on and so forth so like um when I approached Matt and he was happy to work on it, and when he came out with a draft, he gave me like three choices, but it was very, very clear that I love the logo that I'm using right now. Like that was the first choice, without a doubt. <laughs> and I think from the logo alone, that's already a harbinger of how uh, you really want it to be a regional thing, an international thing. So is it supposed to be like a revolving door type of setup? Like how are you going to uh, sustain having all these webisodes when you have talent flying in and out, you know, um, ideally when the travel restrictions have been lifted? All right. So let's just say that um, whatever that I've sold and I made, uh, and the soft loan that I got from owning my extra land, I have enough to keep me sustainable all the way to like four to five years, I think. Okay. And uh, for me, the first goal that I have in mind for the first couple of years is mainly just to, establish wrestlers, and at the same time, get in as many followers as I can across the region. Will, uh, will it be an option then to use APAC Wrestling as a school for, uh, for international wrestlers too? Or is it really just finished product? Like, you can't go there if you're still in the process of, of really learning, unlike in MyPW where it, it's really packaged as a school. Like, in APAC Wrestling, they have to be a finished product? Yep. So basically, in APAC Wrestling, um, I prefer to get in only um, experienced workers. 
And if they want to train, they have to go to MyPW. Like um, I've been receiving a lot of questions from Malaysians, like how do I join APEC? How do I join APEC? These questions are coming from guys who are not even trained wrestlers. Like, dude, <laughs> if you want to join APEC wrestling, first thing you're going to do is enroll in your local um, pro wrestling school and right. closest to you is Mr. Question. Shaukat, I really want to talk to you more about your first-hand experience in the wrestling industry. But before we get to that, let's take a short break and hear from Arika Podcasts on Podcast Network Asia. Hey there! Alex Calier here. Bakit ako nandito? Kasi gusto kong ipalam sa'yo na may podcast din ako. It's called Punchline with Alex Calieja. I talk about everything. Serious, happy, sad, pero sa dulo, may punchline or may comedy. Again, it's Punchline with Alex Calieja. Available on Spotify o kung saan ka man kumukuha o naikinig ng podcast. Namumukhaan kita, nilista ko pangalan mo, kaya see you there. I gotta ask this because I remember as, as part of PWR, we always got those questions, whether in the PWR social media or in our individual Instagrams or Facebooks. How annoyed are you at this point when untrained people come up to you and go, I want to join so-and-so or I want to be a pro wrestler. And then they end up not following through. I think it's quite annoying because um, there's a lot of them who ask the same question to my PW pages as well. And every single time when I say like, dude, you want to wrestle, you got to train, you know, they always disappear because, you know, they think that, Uh, well, I've experienced doing backyard matches and I've experienced playing with my friends in school. But that's the thing. I mean, a lot of people don't take wrestling seriously until they come for tryouts and then they get a taste of wrestling most of the time. I, mean, I think you guys do this as well. Like 90% of them would always drop out from the tryouts. Yeah, I think Ro would uh, be able to speak to that better than I would. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's basically the same thing. Uh, same experience as you guys. So they're all really, you know, all talk. <laughs> Has, uh, is there anybody from Malaysia who has that story though? Like somebody who you guys initially thought was somebody who was all talk or somebody who probably wouldn't last and then they just surprise you all by not only lasting but really carving out a role for themselves in MyPW or in the region even? There are quite a lot of them actually who joined MyPW while, you know, like um, they told me about the background in wrestling. Background in wrestling. And by background, I mean playing on a bit or playing with the friends or baguette wrestling. So there's a lot of them who are actually on the roster who started from backyard wrestling. I think 80% of them, <laughs> I, I cannot blame them because, you know, like there's no proper outlet for them to train and there's costs involved as well. And some of them start very young. Obviously, the parents are not going to pay for pro wrestling. <laughs> it's like, why do you want to be a pro wrestler? You're not even getting paid well. So it's totally understandable why they are um, using backyard and bedroom wrestling as an outlet. But I think it's also a good start because, you know, like even though you're playing wrestling in a way, you are developing the pacing and the timing and the coordination of a proper pro wrestler. The only thing that you need to do is get in the ring and learn how to work safely and learn the art aspect of pro wrestling. All right. I have a question. Uh, let's go. Let's take it back to APAC real quick. Who are your dream active wrestlers that you want to bring in for the promotion? <laughs> I have a lot of people in mind right now, uh, from Philippines, from Singapore, uh, from Thailand. But um, I'm not going to say be, it could even be from the US or you know from the yeah yeah, uh, yeah yeah like um we do have a lot of like I've already approached a lot of guys on uh, on from the United States. Like for example, um, if you guys noticed the uh, Kurt Angle video, yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've seen someone, uh, some some of the guys throwing shades at uh, 
Apex Wrestling and say that, oh, anybody can get him to give a shout out on Cameo. It's true, it's true. It's damn true. But, oh, that, that's fun, by the way. But, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, if you want Cameo wow. to give a shout out on your brand name, it's separate and personal. Personal, I think it's about $100, US dollars, but brand name is about uh, $1,005. US dollars. And all right. obviously, I'm not going to spend 1005 for just a shout out. So basically, what, what I did was I approached Karenga and asked him if he wanted to be the distance GM for Apex Wrestling. <laughs> so um, unfortunately, he did say that, um, uh, you know what, um, I, I cannot attach myself to any promotion just yet. I appreciate you approaching me and asking me this, but I really need to take a look at your product first. If it's all good, if the quality is good enough, then I'll be happy to do it for you. So, you know what? Meanwhile, maybe if you want, you can, you know, I'll do a shout out for you, so on and so forth. So, um, that was the story behind the Kurt Angle thing. And uh, besides Kurt Angle, I've approached a lot of main events, especially those who I've trained with uh, during the pandemic uh, situation. And everyone loves the idea because um, it's so easy to be done. For example, like uh, I could get them over for the weekend and they can shoot, you know, like eight episodes worth of content. Right. So that pretty much means this opens up the doors for established names and legends from the States to work with Southeast Asian wrestlers in a program, not just a one-off match, but in the program itself. And um, they love the idea. And a lot of them are very, very happy to help. Like they don't mind me paying a certain price just so they can work eight matches in two days. Like they won't charge me per match, like how they usually would. So yeah. it's very cool. I mean, it's very, it's going to be an amazing concept. And I think it's going to work very, very well with um, everyone across the region. Um, I think it would help. We all need a rock from the legends because at the end of the day, we're all just babies. But once we go toe to toe with the legends, that's when you level up very, very quick. And it's just a matter of time before this entire pandemic thing gets. Absolutely. I have a question from the perspective of a fan because before we all even got into this, whether as podcasters, as writers, as wrestlers, managers, personalities, what have you, uh, we were all fans. So how were you able to just build up this network? I guess for, for our listeners who don't have any idea how, how someone can go from being a wrestling fan to just building up a network where you can hit up Kurt Angle and make an inquiry about him being part of your promotion. How does that all come together? Right, so basically, I would suggest any pro wrestler uh, in training, uh, as uh, even fans as well. Like if you are interested about a business, uh, but if you're you're you are approaching them as a fan, it would be a bit difficult, honestly, because wrestling is a very um, guarded industry. Like especially yep. the pets, they don't share things easily with fans. But if you are a pro wrestler on your own, I would suggest just approach any legend, like any legend you know or anyone who has been someone in the industry. And I can assure you that once you build trust with them, they will start opening doors for you with so on and so forth. Like how I started with Tom Pritchett and then Sin Bodhi and then Shane Helms and then to Booker T, to El Snow and then to Kurt Angle. So basically, um, once you have your name being talked about among these guys, this is when um, it opens up doors for the rest to talk to you. Like, hey, you know what? I heard about you from blah, blah, blah. So how can I help you? That kind of thing. So there's a lot of self-doubt. I understand a lot of um, wrestlers in training, they have this self-doubt. Also, you know, like, oh, I'm so scared to approach this guy. He's going to think of me as a chump. <laughs> how do I right. approach him? But these guys are actually very, very nice. And the more you ask, 
the more um, the more knowledge you seek from them, this is this makes them so happy because not many young wrestlers want to learn the art of wrestling. All right. Now, uh, zooming out from our conversation about APAC wrestling and what you've been doing in the region, what's the big goal for APAC? The big goal for APAC is basically, this is what I told investors. <laughs> this is what I sold to the investors. Give us a pitch, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so APAC wrestling is like 1FC, but pro wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> so it would be the biggest biggest entity not just in the region but in the world or, you know one of the biggest entities yeah because like, I do believe like if what I see can do it we can do it as well and I do know that business model I've known I know people in the business scene who have a hand in 1FC so like they've shared with me the business model they've shared with me the business plan and I think it's very very achievable it's all about just executing it and working out your own money and you know spending it investing in a lot of things to make this happen because at the end of the day if you want to grow big you gotta risk big mm-hmm. so okay give us a date or give us uh, a set of weeks i guess or a period uh in which the debut hovers around give our listeners something to look forward to when can we expect the next uh the next piece of news about apac wrestling or maybe even a debut episode all right, so basically, we will start revealing the roster, the Malaysian roster, on a daily basis on our social media platform. I think someone is up tonight. Uh, oh, okay. This is, oh, sorry. <laughs> and uh, afterwards, um, I think on the uh, 7th of November, you will get news on how to start November, uh, which is on Sunday, is when we will drop our very first episode. And the following week, you can watch it for free on YouTube. All right. So uh, where can people follow you, Shaukat? And where can people follow APAC Wrestling? And maybe if there's a website that people can go to to check out for the subscription model and whatnot, uh, you can you can throw that in as well. All right. So um, if you guys want to be the first to be updated on the episodes, you can log on to www.apacwrestling.com. Get your email in. We will send you a mailing. Uh, we will be sending, sending you um, email updates on when our shows and how to subscribe, so on and so forth. And you can follow our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash Wrestling. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram as well under the same name, APAC Wrestling. All right. Uh, Shaukat, congratulations on getting pro wrestling recognized as a sport in Malaysia. And now with this new venture, uh, APAC Wrestling, I wish you all the best. And I hope that travel restrictions, the pandemic, all of them can just ease up very, very soon because I am personally very excited for what you guys have to offer and I wish nothing but the best for you and the guys and girls over there in Malaysia. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate Thanks, brother. Thanks, Shaukat. Thanks again to Shaukat for joining us here on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast to talk about my PW, APAC Wrestling, and everything else in between. So uh, this episode comes out the first week of November, which means that we're just a few days away hopefully, from the premiere episode of APAC Wrestling. Yeah, uh, it's going to be on November 7, if I remember his words correctly. Uh, That's a Sunday right after Full Gear. So I think we'll have our predictions for Full Gear uh, soon. And then we have APAC Wrestling to look forward to. Yeah. So watch out for all the names that are going to be popping up on your screens for APAC Wrestling, whether they're names that we're familiar with from having seen them live or online or yung mga names na not so familiar, but we're probably going to get accustomed to hearing over the next few weeks, hopefully months, and hopefully years. 
Now, uh, Ro already mentioned the live stream. And if you want to be part of that, you can check us out on Kumu. Follow us at Wrestling Wrestling Pod. Or you can also check us out on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash wrestling wrestling podcast, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. at least for the time being. Sorry, option in case we're back Thursdays by then. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Check us out over there and join us for all of our predictions and takes and opinions and our Q&As and everything else that uh, we talk about on the live stream. Uh, quick plugs before we get out of here. Chino, any on your end? Yes, a brand new episode of Class Clown with Chino Liao is up on Spotify. That's where you can find it. <laughs> also, brand new on, on Apple Podcast. I just started uploading my stuff on Apple Podcast. Nice, nice. So to widen my audience... So more people can learn about more things. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, the latest episode that will be out is an episode with Carrie Don Conejero. She is a makeup artist with Tawang Lipod Collective. They are the people behind the movies of Goyo on Batang General, as well as Ignacio de Leola, as well as Block Z. And she's going to talk to us about the production side of makeup and prosthetics and all the horror goodness on Class Clown. All right, Ro, plugs on your end. Okay, uh, as always, I'm plugging my Twitch stream, which will now be mostly multiplayer games and the occasional single-player release. Uh, that's twitch.tv slash shang underscore daddy, S-H-A-N-G underscore D-A-D-D-Y. And as always, please, please, please read smarthenry.com. That's it for me. All right. Uh, for me, you've got On Deck with Stancy on Spotify as well and wherever else you get your podcasts. I'm taking a quick break, Muna, from releasing new episodes because I'm just waiting for my laptop to come back so I can get the episodes more smoothly. But I've got 16 episodes by now uploaded. The latest one being the interview with the legendary Ray Langit. So go check that out. Follow us uh, on Twitter at Wrestling2XPod for the show, at Roeswar, at Chino Supersized, at underscore Stancy for me. Thank you very much to Babyface producers Sola and Nikai for putting these episodes together and to Podcast Network Asia for producing our podcasts and to you for subscribing, downloading, streaming, leaving a comment, giving us those halo-halos and everything else that you throw at us. And um, to those of you who are thinking of booking anyone for a quick birthday shout-out, you might want to consider MSG. Book us on shoutout.com. On behalf of Ro Moran and Chino Liao, my name is Stan C. Saying thank you very much. And this episode of the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast is in the books. And we are out of here. Peace. Mom deserves the best. And there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 